0: as hell and I want to get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Bella's out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the
1: and- Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast. I'm Adam
2: McDonald with Big Shiny Robot. And I am Andy Wilson of Graphic Policy and also Big Shiny Robot.
1: And we have a special guest. We've got our fellow film critic and friend, uh, Caitlin Booth.
0: Hello. Welcome. And
1: Again. Caitlin, where can we see your stuff?
0: You can see my stuff over on BleedingCool.com and the recently revived from Oblivion watch, play, read. Yay! And on the uh, Nerd Dome podcast.
1: And occasionally is the Board to Sell podcast. Occasionally, okay, well, yes. <laughs> so, hey, so we got three movies for you today. Uh, we've And we normally go worst to first, but because uh, all of us saw different movies, we're going to shake that up a bit. So uh, our first film we're going to have Andy talk about is Rebel in the Rye, and then Caitlin got a chance to see American Assassin, and then we all three get to hate on Mother. So,
2: uh, Andy, why don't you tell us about Rebel in the Rye? Sure. Rebel in the Rye is a decent movie about a kind of garbage person who wrote a garbage novel that garbage people love. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about J.D. Salinger, uh, who wrote Catcher in the Rye. Uh, This is a a biopic starring Nicholas Holt, uh, who we know from Warm Bodies and the X-Men movies. And uh, he's, he's great. He plays Salinger. We see him as he uh, rises uh, from obscurity. He has uh, this great literature professor at Columbia, played by Kevin Spacey, who kind of takes him under his wing and teaches him how to find his own voice. His father, played by Victor Garber, is very overbearing and tells him, you know, you're never going to make it. Uh, you should just, you know go into the family business and uh, own butcher shops. And and just as he is on uh, the, the brink of breaking through, he's about to get a piece published in the New Yorker and World War II breaks out. So uh, that gets put on the shelf. He's been working on this novella about this character, Holden Caulfield, and he takes it with him and is actually like writing it. Uh, while he's in England training and he storms the beaches at Normandy. I did not know that uh, J.D. Salinger was, was involved in D-Day, but there you go. And uh, continued riding Catcher in the Rye. And then uh, at, coming back from the war, had such a terrible case of PTSD that he ended up in a military hospital and he just couldn't finish it because uh, it was so associated with... Uh, him with the war and uh, but eventually he finishes it and we kind of all know the story after that and he goes on and becomes a recluse this is very well acted it's uh, very well scripted very well plotted Um, but I think you really have to like Salinger and like what he's doing to really enjoy this movie me I think I made it very clear (laughs) I think that Catcher in the Rye is kind of a garbage novel uh, and and I I understand that people like it. I do not. Um, I I do like some of Salinger's other work. Uh, Frankie and Zooey is a great book. I think I I really like that. But uh, I think he is a sort of problematic person. Uh, But this is an interesting movie and probably the best kind of biopic. So if you like J.D. Salinger, go check it out. It's, It's not terrible, but... If you kind of hate J.D. Salinger, you might not want to spend two hours watching something about him.
1: Cool. Oh, so, five out of ten. Five out of like, ten. What would you think about it? <laughs> yeah, uh, five out of ten. Honestly, I've never read much Salinger, so I, I really couldn't tell you much about that. But anyways, uh, so American Assassin is actually one that I wanted to see, but uh, just kind of had a mix-up and didn't get a chance to go to the screening. But, Caitlin, you saw I it. I did. So... It looked kind of cool, but I've heard really mixed things about it, so I, I don't know what to think.
0: Um. Well, you don't need to think much at all because this movie is pretty much nothing. Like, it. Do you remember watching Jason Bourne uh, last year? I believe it was, and you're sitting there yes, and, sure. and you're watching it, and you're like, "This movie adds absolutely nothing to the genre that it basically helped define." Mm-hmm. This is exactly yeah. what this is. Like, it's exactly what you think it is. It starts off with a happy-go-lucky couple with his nice, skinny, blonde girlfriend, and then she gets shot and killed, spoiler alert, In the f- for the first five minutes of the movie. And he gets all grumpy and angsty about it and decides that he wants to take on ISIS by himself. And for some reason... Like you do. Yeah, like you do. And for some reason, that makes him perfect to be a part of this rogue CIA operation instead of getting him sectioned. And there's just... It's absolutely nothing. It's so boring to watch. There is not a single frame in this movie that you haven't seen done better. Um, Dylan O'Brien is a decent actor, and I've seen him do well with terrible material before as a former apologist for Team Wolf, and, <laughs> and he is just so miscast in there. There's not a second he is on screen where you're like, yeah, I believe him as a hard-ass. The only moments that are even remotely entertaining is when they let Michael Keaton break loose and just become kind of completely bonkers. But aside from that, he's just everything about it is just so, so boring. The only moments that are entertaining is when the movie draws attention to how cliched his origin story is, <laughs> which is like a <laughs> rare moment of self awareness that it has keaton's like oh but
2: that's really problematic too i mean that's like the classic refrigerated story yeah, right totally I mean,
0: and there's ugh, another girl in there geez. and you know the blonde dead one is the good one and then we find out that there's a dark-haired girl and you never guess what direction she ends up going because she's not american ugh. and <laughs> at one point at the end i i turned to uh, fellow critic kyle steamlick Who's over at Watchplay reading at the Utah Outcasts? And I turned to him and I raised my hand like I was in a classroom. I was like, "Uh, I've got a question." Uh, <laughs> and this is like a spoiler for the end of the movie, so I can tell you guys what it is off mic. And I, 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 I said to him, I was like, "Did they just do what I think they just did?" He's like, "Yeah, they did." I was like, "Why is everyone happy about it?" I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Oh, wow. I think I. I'm looking at. I went through and looked at my review and I gave it like a four out of ten, mostly just because it's not like offensively bad. It's just so boring, so boring. But,
2: I feel like cool. that's kind of the worst though, because I mean, we're gonna talk about Mother. At least Mother wasn't boring, and we can't stop talking oh, about it. I, I actually I think feel like Mother a movie was like...
0: boring. To be honest, it just made oh, me okay. mad. This one didn't. Oh, okay. This one didn't make me mad. I just walked in. and I was like, wow. I think I actually turned to one of our. One of the uh, the uh, Ange, one of our the ladies who works at Allied, who worked Mother that morning too, and I was like, it's not often I see two crappy movies in the same day, but that's the way it is. It was today, apparently.
2: Whoa.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah. So those two are meh. Um, And actually, you bring up a good point, Andy. Is like you know, there's as much as, and we're gonna actually have a lot of fun in a second with Mother. I'd rather a movie be really good or really horrible yeah. because it's those ones in the middle they are just kind of like, huh? I, I can't even... Honestly, I, I, I can't remember it because I remember a couple months ago we talked about a movie that was very just mediocre and bland and my exact thing was, you know what? In two months, I won't remember what this movie was and case in point, I don't remember what that movie was because...
0: yeah, Yeah. It's...
1: Like, emo- Emoji movie was so bad, it'll always stick with me. Mm-hmm. So there's movies like that and then you've got like Dunkirk, which was so good, it's always going to stick with me. Um... But if we're going to talk about bad movies, let's jump into Mother. Uh, so Mother is uh, it's written and directed by Darren Aronofsky, who's done, like, Requiem for a Dream, uh, Black Swan, The Fountain, and actually a lot of movies I like. I'm actually a pretty big Same. fan. Ditto. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of his take on the horror genre. Uh, we've got uh, Jennifer Lawrence playing Mother, and she her newlywed to Javier Bardem, who is just known as him, and they live out in this house in the middle of nowhere he is a poet he's got writer's block and they're just trying to you know, and then she's remodeling the house because it was a dump when they bought it and took it over but she keeps on seeing like these weird visions and she's taking this weird gold powder that she adds to water to help herself feel better we know they want to have kids but there's something weird going on well anyways uh, one morning uh, or one night actually this guy uh, named Man that's all he's named Ed Harris shows up and uh, thinking that their place is a bed and breakfast now, it's not but he and him hit it off and come to find out that Ed Harris' character is a huge fan of the work that Javier Bardem's has done and so he agrees to let him spend the night and Jennifer Lawrence is kind of freaked out she's like, well this is our house why are you inviting a stranger, what's going on the next morning, Michelle Pfeiffer who goes by woman, shows up and we find out that she is man's wife and so she's a really boozy, kind of bitchy I don't know what she is she just, she's just a horrible person that female
2: stereotype is exactly. what she is
1: so she's there and all of a sudden like their kids played by Domino and Brian Gleason, who at least are brothers that's kind of cool I didn't know that, uh,
2: that they show cool. up
1: and start fighting once one of them attacks the other one and it just kind of snowballs and the rest of the movie because <clears throat> for the first two thirds of the movie you're like why the hell is this rated R and then the last third you're like oh <laughs> that's this why is, this is horrible and disgusting um, I'm going to let you two hop in but it was really funny because after the movie they always want to get uh, quotes from, from, us, from us critics and every single was it me. It was you, me, and I think Luke walked out, and all three people were like, "That was a pretentious piece of shit." <laughs> and it was the first time I think I've ever heard like, the exact same quote from three different film critics. Uh, Seriously, but uh, Caitlin, so I know you and I we raged about this. So no. I'm gonna let you take. Uh, I'm gonna let you take point because this is also, aside from being disgusting, pretentious, indulgent in filmmaking at its worst, uh, it's one of the most misogynist movies I've ever seen. Uh, and yes. the fact that it's getting so much praise from people pisses me off to no end.
0: Uh, first of all, did uh, I'm not sure if either one of you know this, but uh, your listeners might not know this. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Darren Aronofsky are dating.
1: I know that, yeah.
2: Uh,
0: yeah. Which uh, yeah, uh, just, just makes everything, like, well, that like much like grosser. So much worse. Yeah, it's like,
1: it's like oh Dario Argento directing his daughter in the rape scenes in his horror movies. It's like, why? Why are you doing uh, this?
0: Yeah. Ugh. The thing that really... Like, I I said this in my review, which is not going over well. (laughs) Um, Good. uh, That I have no problem with vague movies. I have no problem with allegories. I have no problem with metaphor. I have no problem with a weird movie that goes off in bizarre directions. You know, I'm... I love Sundance. I love Sundance movies. I love all that stuff. It's fun. But if you're gonna go vague, if you're gonna go with a movie that has... If you're going for metaphor, if you're going for all that stuff... You need to have a clear end game as far as metaphor goes. Like, you need to say, This is my. This is the, what I'm trying to say. And it needs to be at least, like, 75% obvious that that's what you were going for. Like, I know everybody gets a little something out of movies, but the fact that I have. Ca- I think we came up with a no less than four standing there talking to the uh, very tuck into uh, the people we give our our comments to and then like as i thought about it more i came up with at least six different allegories as to what this movie could actually be about that's not the fault of the audience that's the fault of the filmmaker you don't yeah, get to just throw exactly. a bunch of crap on screen and go that's make with that as you will it's like no you can throw a bunch of crap on screen and if you know you want to put maybe two different options as to what it could possibly be I'll excuse that. One will be obvious, one will be slightly less obvious, whatever. But the fact that I can come up with at least six different things and all of them are equally as plausible as the other, that's not a good movie. That is a yeah. movie that has no direction. And... Well,
2: yes. Yeah, just... and... That's, a, that's exactly how I feel. And there is nothing I love more than, like, a true epic with a lot of layers in it. I love I Russian literature. I... I... I have read Tolstoy and Dostoevsky in Russian like I I love that stuff and there are a billion different things that you can pull out of Crime and Punishment and Brothers Karamazov and Anna Karenina and and Tale of Two Cities and you know uh Les Misérables and and these and tons and tons of other true epics that are layered and have a lot of different themes going on in them. But they're clear. It's understood what's going on. And the the fact that it is unclear is the the fault of the auteur, whoever, either the writer, the person who's putting it on stage, the person who's putting it on, on film. You can't just be like, Here's a bunch of stuff. Oh, you have to like it because because <laughs> it's layered and there's and there's a bunch th- there. No, no, you can't put in seven half baked things and say that's a thing. You, yeah. At least uh, you know it's Ron Swanson. Never do two things half assed. Whole ass one thing. If yeah. if Aronofsky had like really made this, uh, you know. Really, actually, done something with any of these. I wanted to applaud this movie. There was a lot in here that I would have liked if this had been about erasure of the divine feminine in religion and Christianity. Oh, I am so there to hear about that. If this had been about the environment, I am so much even more there to hear about this. But there are things that I can't talk about because they're huge spoilers. And but it blunts those messages, and it can't be about that because he has elements in there that completely contradict it and make it just not not possible. And yeah. I, I was just enraged by by most of this by the end.
1: Exactly. And see, and, and what Caitlin brought up is, is the fact that you know there there are so many different metaphors and allegories, and 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 I'm, I know I've read some of the comments because I I never actually read the comments, but you were talking about them so i did and like people were like oh you don't get it or this and that i'm like oh
0: comments on my article yeah oh yeah they're fun aren't they (laughs) yeah
1: and so here's the thing is dude like we will forget more about movies than you will ever know so i'm pretty damn sure we get the allegories we're all really smart people i'm not trying to brag i'm saying you know we we've all gone through it we're all we're not just here you know half-assing our reviews just so we can go see free movies That's not what we're here for. Some people are, and I know some critics who actually just want to go see free movies, and they don't give a crap about them. They just want to go see free stuff. Uh, And their reviews normally aren't that good. But we get it. (laughs) I get it. I get the allegory. Like you you said, the Divine Feminine, uh, we've got uh, Mother Earth, we've got the whole thing about the price of fame. And guess what? I understand all those things. Mm -hmm. doesn't change the fact that it made no sense. This is just simply a thing of... We had, it's like we put like a GoPro on Jennifer Lawrence's shoulder and followed her around the house for an hour and a half. And then we suddenly switched into the most effed up, weird, Twin Peaks David Lynch movie you've ever seen. That makes Mulholland Drive look like a Connect the Dots masterpiece. Because you're just being weird for the sake of being weird. And yes, I'm sure you're trying to make points. But um, I don't need to have those points made to me by showing brutal images of cannibalism rape um masochism and literally showing that the love of a woman is stolen from her chest and put on display for men to uh keep as their own personal object and those so at the end of the movie like you know when it got to the part where things started going weird i'm like oh maybe it'll start kind of pulling together and we'll see what's going on
0: that's what i thought too and yeah, yeah honestly too.
1: so th- the last two three minutes when you know it It kind of, the last two, three minutes pretty much is the opening of the movie as well. And you you get the the cyclical motion of what's going on and the story he's trying to tell. But at that point, like, I was just disgusted by this movie. The last movie that pissed me off this much and made me feel that disgusted was Human Centipede because it was just absolute complete degradation of human and humanity (laughs) and life. And I'm not sorry. This movie is a piece of shit. And I, my little thing I posted on Twitter was, I want to find Darren Aronofsky and punch him in the genitals because this movie is god-awful and horrible, and if you disagree with me, you are wrong. Plain and simple.
0: I want, I want to throw him in therapy. Like, Jennifer Lawrence, run! Run the fuck away!
2: <laughs> yep.
0: Like, seriously, yep. as I'm sitting there watching this and I'm thinking to myself, I think I know where this metaphor is going. Or one of the... Because the first one... I actually didn't go for the whole environmental one first. I saw it for our uh, creator. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. And as I'm watching this, and as it starts to spiral and everything, I'm just like, girl, run. Girl, you in danger. Run. Run, 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 run for your life. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of guy who is, like, going to assault you and then say he did it for artistic purposes. It's like, they're... I am worried about Aronofsky now. Like, if that is truly a glimpse as to how he sees himself as a creator, that is freaking terrifying. And every woman in Hollywood should be running the hell away from him right now, because that's horrifying. Jennifer Lawrence said in an interview that her first reaction to the script was to read it, and then she threw it at him and told him he had psychological problems. And she's right. She's that right. That was the first. That was the. That was the correct reaction to have. You should have run for your life. That is, it was terrifying. Terrifying to watch that play out. And just, so and to see how many people are going through and, like, trying to tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. It's like, I, I I'll admit, I didn't study film. I was an English student, so I know about reading weird, vague crap. And it's like... I understood that he was going for something, I just couldn't figure out what it was. And even if it had been, you know, like, here's what he was going for and it was clear and it was obvious, I think I still probably would have hated the movie just because it came off as so misogynistic. Just so, there are, a woman is there from, I'm sorry, Mr. Aronofsky. A women exist for more than being your muse. That is not what we're here for. We yeah. are here for more than that. We are people with agency. Um, and it was, I read and it, on...
1: Oh, go ahead, sorry.
0: I'm sorry, I read on Twitter that Aronofsky did a Q&A after one of these movies, at one of these screenings, and someone asked him if the mother in question had any agency at all, and he sat there and thought about it and couldn't come up with an answer. She didn't. She there was didn't. Not a single, there was not a single moment where she had any agency in her life. Yeah. And it was just... It was horrible to watch. It was... It was nauseating, it made me angry in a way that a movie hasn 't made me angry in a long long time
2: and and it's, the way that yeah she she keeps saying throughout the movie as more and more people keep coming into the house and he just he lavishes uh, or he's lavished attention on him, and he loves it, and she keeps saying, these people need to get out of here, they don 't belong here, this is our house. If if there was a drinking game where you were drinking every time she said that and wasn't listened to, oh my gosh, you would be so toasted by the end of this movie. She she not only doesn't have agency, she is belittled. She spends most of the movie cooking, cleaning, fixing things, uh, uh, taking care of other people. It's if you're trying and, and then she's brutalized and if if that's what you're trying to say that like oh well, that's that's how history has treated women, you shouldn't be so gleeful about it.
0: oh I you know, know.
1: Oh, and, then, and then it just ends. the
0: way the camera pans over her like the moment where she's brutalized, like really, really brutalized is one of the worst things I've seen on camera this year, and I had to sit mm-hmm. there split, and
2: <laughs> yes,
0: and it's just, it's horrible to watch, and just the thought that her significant other is standing there and watching her, to you know, it was like, I wrote this, and cast his significant other in this, and, and is, you know, panning the camera over her bloodied and bruised face. It's And just, naked it's, body. And naked body, and, you know, we have the nipples through the clear white shirt thing, because of course we do, and it's just... And
2: it's, the butt shots? More butt shots than Michael Bay movies.
0: More oh. butt shots than freaking Suicide Squad. Yeah. And it's like everything about her is sexualized in this like really gross and creepy way yep. that a dude, most dudes do not seem to really understand how uncomfortable that is for women to watch. And I just, like I said to you guys off, before we started recording, I honestly haven't seen very many women who have come out, you know, positively for this movie. And the ones that I have seen that have been even remotely positive have said this is problematic as all hell, but I appreciate the fact that he, you know, he went go for, he went for broke for this. Every review I've read and every negative comment I've received in my comment sections that I, since I posed this movie have been from dudes mansplaining the fact that I don't understand movies to me and it just make I, the movie made me mad, the reaction and how many people are bending over backwards to kiss Darren Ossie's ass over this has just made me even madder.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. and we go back to the, you know, how, how brutalized and horrible things happened to her. And the the, the thing that sealed the deal for me, because like, even at that point, I was like, I can see some artistic stuff in this I like, and because like, there are some things that are shot well, but the thing mm-hmm. that just drove the, the last nail in the coffin, which pissed me off even more than anything else, is let's just say something happens, and uh, she's lying there, and she's looking up at him, and she still has this, like, adoration in her face because of who he is. And he even says, like, but she's like, she's like, I've given you everything. What more do I have? He's like, you know, you have the one last thing. He's like, you're loved. You still have it? And she, like, gleefully, like, smiles and, like, nods. Like, she's still in love with this asshole who has done so many horrible things to her. And then in the end of the movie, just gets completely replaced. And it was at that moment, I'm like, I c- there's nothing in me that will let me loan any iota of support to this film because you can go off about the metaphors you can talk about everything going on and how it was filmed and honestly there's some decent performances I'm not going to lie about that either but it was that one defining moment where it just clicked to me I'm like nope I can't do this I'm out I'm done and that's why I'll say if you like this movie you are wrong and you can come back and you can yell at me all you want and say oh it's your opinion I don't give a crap about that my opinion is right this is a piece of crap it's dog shit if it, if I could vote for it as worst movie of the year I actually I'm going to even though it won't get much traction with the Razzies uh, and the fact that it's it's that's having so much praise heaped on it because it's Darren Aronofsky and he's some great auteur is just absolute crap. So for me, I tried doing no absolute zero. Like I have not hated a movie this bad. I would rather watch emoji movie 3 times over than have ever seen this film. It was 2 hours of my life I can never get back. I hate it. I hate Darren Aronofsky. I hope he never makes a movie again. And I kind of hope he gets, gets in a car crash. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> but tell us how you really feel. I, you know the 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 other problem I really have with this. I mean, I mentioned the kind of environmental message. Oh well, she's this is kind of like Mother Earth, and she's got the connection with with the house, which is like our world, and and she she builds it, and then humans come in and wreck it. And uh, there's there's this idea uh, of you know, oh well, we've we've raped Mother Earth. And the fact that she is literally raped in the movie is yeah. so, so problematic for me. I mean, as an environmentalist, it bothers me because I feel like that metaphor, it, it, even as serious as, you know, I take the environment, that's an easy metaphor to make and it contributes to rape culture. And, and I'm not okay with that. No, and we shouldn't do it. We should be better than that. And the final fact, as Adam said, you know, when, when it's all done and it goes back to this cyclical thing and she's replaced, it's not environmental because we don't have a second damn Earth. <laughs> we can't fuck up this one and have her blow us all up and notice, notice at the very end uh, what, what fuels the fire that kills everyone is oil yeah. and coal. But, yeah. you know, thank you, Darren Aronofsky, for pointing that out and being very heavy-handed about it. I I like that. I'm I'm 100% with you on that. But you 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 messed it up with your ending by trying to, you know, make it artsy-fartsy. And, oh, well, it's cyclical history. No. The, uh, there's so many of these messages get completely blunted in the choices that Aronofsky makes and... It just, it just doesn't work, Um, Adam. I'm a little bit higher than you. I'm at a two out of ten, just because this was, this was, this was very. I I felt like he, he tried to do something very difficult, and this is impeccably shot, and the the camera work and the sound design and everything. I got to give some credit to that. Other than like you know. A couple of other movies that I can name on, a few other movies I can name on one hand, uh, I can't think of a more visually, tonally interesting movie that I've seen this year. So, uh, two out of ten, but, oh, I hated it.
0: (laughs) And I feel like there are not nearly enough people pointing out the fact that, yeah, she was raped. Like, straight up. And they don't even frame it as a bad thing in the movie. It's framed as a good thing? And that's just, that's so disgusting on so many levels. It's like, I've talked about this. I mean, me and Adam are on the LGBT panel for Salt Lake Comic Con and I identify as asexual. And one of the reasons why I have avoided getting into any sort of relationship with anyone is because... I don't want to be in a relationship with someone and have them turn around and decide, you've been dating me for six months, I deserve to have sex with you now. It's like, spousal rape is one of those things that keeps me up at night, because it terrifies me. And the fact that this movie just blew by it, like, oh, look, she had a... There was just spousal rape on the screen, but, you know, she got pregnant, so it's okay. It's like, no, it's not okay. There was nothing about that scene that was okay. And it just... It enraged me as as that being one of those things that legitimately bothers me on, like, a personal basis. The fact that he not only put it on screen, but then disregarded it as if it wasn't that big of a deal... Yep. ...is just disgusting. Disgusting. Yep. yep.
1: Cool. So I think I think you you everyone's gotten the point that we didn't like this. I, I do know I have some fellow peers who loved it, and uh, we actually were going to have one of them on today, but he had to uh, build a deck with a friend, so... Um, it would have been entertaining to actually have that point of view on here, but I just—I it's a piece of crap. I and actually, this is one of the few movies that's ever gotten an F Cinema Score. I mean, even mm-hmm. movies that suck generally will at least get a C or a D. So it's really divisive. Some people liked it, some people didn't. Uh, if you have to go see it, I would recommend buying a ticket to something else and sneaking in because I mean, and actually, this is bombing pretty hard too. I mean, I know it wasn't made for that much money—seven
0: and a half million. Yeah, it's so right.
1: it, it's kicking
2: butt. So it's back. Go see it. Go see it again because it was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs>
2: it was fun. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I mean, it's so it's so totally different, and it is like the complete opposite because it's so, I don't know, non consequential in a lot of ways. But it's, yeah. um, you know, but it's it's a fun movie experience and legitimately good um and and i mean i even mentioned last week i don't think it the one thing i faulted it for was i don't think it was that hard of a movie to make and um you know it, it didn't really tackle anything super super tough but it's still good uh and so you know here we have the exact opposite something that was probably very hard to do and could have been very good i wanted it to be good and just completely fumbled.
0: Yeah.
1: So. Anyway, so this week, pretty much lackluster. Go see It again. That's kind of our recommendation. Uh, next week, though, we've got a couple movies. We've got the Lego Ninjago movie. Uh, we've got Woo-hoo! Brad status. And the one I think we're all pretty excited for is Kingsman, the Golden Circle, yeah! uh, which was the sequel to the spy movie from a couple years ago that kind of came out of nowhere and surprised us saw and was a lot of fun, so... We'll be getting those with you next week. Caitlin, thank you once again for hanging out with us and complaining about Mother. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, we will see you next week. And also, if you are at Comic-Con, please feel free to bug us, see us, say hi. We will post our panel schedules up again on our Facebook and Twitter. And we hope to see you then. But until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon.
2: I'm Mary Poppins, y'all.
0: punk tripping, but it's all right. Homies scored a key, he's gonna fly, punk ass fly.